Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Faye Penn. As executive director of Women.NYC, Faye is dedicated to helping New York City women succeed in their careers and businesses through an array of innovative programs and partnerships. She is also an executive vice president of initiatives at the New York City Economic Development Corporation, where she oversees the project startup team. In previous lives, Faye was a Brooklyn small business owner, founder of the web mag Brooklyn, and editor for titles including New York Magazine, The New York Post, the New York Observer, and In Style, and an executive at Lifetime Television. We will discuss Faye's successful career transition from media to her work in economic development for New York City, and what steps someone contemplating a career pivot should consider taking. Faye, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. Carol, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan of iRelaunch. And I'm also really excited to talk about public service, which is a really dynamic and exciting and creative sector that I would have never thought about uh, entering years ago, but ultimately I'm so glad I did. Well, thanks, Faye. We really appreciate that. And we're big fans of the work and the innovation that, that you are doing and can't wait to hear, hear more about both of your roles. But first, let's Talk about your own transition. You successfully transitioned in your career from media to your work in economic development for New York City. Can you give us some details about how you did that? Absolutely. Uh, so it wasn't something I set out to do necessarily, but it's a path that emerged that uh, I'm really grateful for. And I want to start by saying if there are people who are listening who have a media background, there are so many uh, industries that value your communication chops, your marketing instincts, your writing abilities, your presentation abilities, that even though media has become an increasingly challenging field, there are so many skills that are applicable to other industries that we don't always think of. And one of the things I'd like to talk about is how uh, everybody needs to get their ideas across. Every industry needs to communicate. Every industry needs to uh, sell. Every, every job requires, not every job, but every industry requires presentation. And so when you're able to apply those talents to other industries, and think of yourself not necessarily as uh, a journalist, which is an amazing thing to be, but an, an increasingly difficult thing to be, unfortunately. Um, but as a communicator, the world opens up. Mm. Um, so that's that's one of the things I like to emphasize. It's not just about media pivots either. It's about how you see the skills that you developed working in one industry and how readily applicable they may be to another industry. Yeah, well, before you go on, let me, let me just... Um highlight that for a second. So essentially you're saying it's how you tell the story and the language that you use in order to convey how these transferable skills can be applied somewhere else. And that process of trying to analyze that and figure it out and translate it into the, the new language is, 
is something that's hard to do. And that's one of the things that we'd love to hear more information about or how you did it. You know, that's probably why I don't have a website. <laughs> There's, I own faypen.com, but oh, telling okay. your own story is really difficult. Look, whether you're in a role in a company or you're applying for a role in a different company, the question remains the same is how do your talents and skills further the company's goals? So that's the story that you need to tell. The story mm -hmm. is the same. And I would say in my experience as a communicator, communications and storytelling is something that all, com all companies need to do a better job of in one way or another whether it's internal communications to the team, external communications to customers, or um, through external affairs to the public and to elected officials, as is the case in government. Um, this is an example of uh, a skill that is applicable in diverse ways. What are your skills and how would those skills help you further a company's aims? I have a, a a colleague named Cindy Gallup, who's a well-known influencer, especially around uh, aging. And mm -hmm. she says, you know, how can your skills help a company make a lot of money? Sounds like a very, <laughs> not every not every job is, is related to that, but a lot of companies want to make money. What mm -hmm. can you do that can help them make more money? Um, I would never suggest as a career pivot to only focus on that because you need to focus on your own interests and your skills and your happiness and how you want to work and so many other things. But I think that always figuring out how to tell a story that leverages your skills to further uh, a company's or an organization's objectives is how you win. Mm. Excellent. Thank you. All right. So I asked you a question to, that got us off on a tangent, but I want to get back to the original one about your personal story and how you transitioned into a new career. So my story is essentially, uh, I had about a 20, 25 year career in digital media, in magazines, um, in newspapers, and I loved covering New York City. Uh, I also did some women's empowerment content and some women's career content at um, titles, including most recently InStyle, where I was an executive editor. Uh, I was also running partnerships, and I had a really uh, exciting project with Michelle Obama's office around Let Girls Learn, which was wow. her initiative dedicated to helping girls around the country gain access to education, which is not something... Um, that exists everywhere in the world for girls. Mm -hmm. So been amazing. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So yeah. I think that actually probably helped me um, get the women.nyc role because we had a, we had a project. Um, we were trying to get Michelle Obama on our cover. Mm -hmm. And of course this was one of the final covers of the Obama administration. It was the end of 2016 and a lot of magazines wanted Michelle Obama at that mm -hmm. time. And so her team challenged us to come up with something that would benefit Let Girls Learn, which was Michelle Obama's initiative to help girls around the world gain access to education, which is not something 
that exists everywhere in the world for girls. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at the work that this entity was doing through the Peace Corps, and they were working in numerous dozens of countries around around the world. And the other thing was that Michelle Obama had all these uh, relationships with designers. She was known for debuting um, to wearing clothing from a variety of designers and leveraging their careers while she was in the White House. And she was very supportive of up and coming designers. And so we went out to those designers and we asked them to design a tote bag uh, designed by one of the countries where, where Let Girls Learn was having an impact. Hmm. So that's so creative. That's a great idea. Oh boy. Did we have fun? Um, We had Carolina Herrera. We had Diane von Furstenberg. Uh, we had DKNY, we had Jason Wu, uh, we had seven designers and they designed these fabulous tote bags and we sold them on in a web store. But what was really exciting about this project, I guess, from a career development standpoint, was it was a nose to tail execution. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. we did everything from recruit the design, work with Michelle Obama's office on what this was going to look like, to recruiting the designers, to figuring out who's going to make the bags, to figuring out uh, what they were going to look like and where were they going to be manufactured and, and how are we going to sell them? How are we going to price them? How are we going to ship them? Everything. It was so entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and it was so much fun, you know, and um, we raised $50,000 for Let Girls Learn and, uh, we were able to recoup our own costs, which was important internally. And um, it was a great experience, both in enterprise and in uh, partnerships, um, because there was the White House was involved, her team. There was um, Time Inc., which was a big organization. There was um, the Peace Corps. And there were there were some contracts that had to be um, executed on fairly short order. And that was my first introduction to what that looks like in public service. But anyway, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was having fun at InStyle. I really was. And Laura Brown, who's the editor-in-chief, is a magazine natural, if ever there yes. was one. I've met her. I She's great. Yeah. She's terrific. She really, she she's a natural in that element. But I didn't see a path forward for myself in the print magazine business. Uh, I enjoyed the work tremendously, but working in a shrinking industry wears on you mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see where I was going to go. And it's funny because magazines and the media reward youth, um, which is somewhat ironic since magazines are a fairly da- dated enterprise. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so I was recruited to go. So I, w- I was having a lot of fun. Um, Laura was a great boss, but I just didn't see a path um, forward in the magazine industry for myself. And also it was, um, there was going to be an ownership change and Time Inc. was on, was up for sale and I wasn't sure how that was going to go. And so I started looking around and I was recruited to go work on a digital project at Lifetime Television around women's empowerment. Um, TV at least seemed to be growing, even if traditional cable was having its own struggles. And while I was at Lifetime, my boss was invited to a breakfast she couldn't attend and asked me to go. And neither of us really knew what it was, but I showed up and it turned out to be then Deputy Mayor Alicia Glenn revealing the women.nyc website before a group of advertising and creative leaders in New York City. Wow. 
And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is a job. This is cool. You know, she, she was basically showing the women.nyc website, which was designed as a portal to connect women with the many resources that were available to them through the efforts of this administration. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, we have a program called We NYC, which is Women Entrepreneurs in New York City, which is an incredible resource at the Department of Small Business Services. If you are starting a business or growing a business in New York City, and it is designed to help you every step of the way. Um, there were various funding tools available to level the playing field for female entrepreneurs because studies show that women business owners uh, raise less money, have fewer revenues, have less access to capital and higher interest rates than men. And so this was a, these were funding tools specifically designed to level the playing field. There were really interesting programs through the New York City Housing Authority to create a food business or a childcare business. And there was all kinds of technical assistance and help with certifications. These weren't specifically for women, but they were certainly of interest to a lot of women. And then there were programs that hadn't launched yet, but uh, through women.nyc, New York City uh, launched the um, New York City Women's Fund, which provides grants of up to $50,000 for female creatives to finish projects in film, television, uh, digital entertainment, music, and theater um, to female creators. And that was aimed at helping to level the playing field in Hollywood, where you see tons of women in the entertainment industry, but too few at the top. Mm -hmm. And so this is designed to help more female creatives finish their projects. And yeah, I, I remember when that got launched. That's that's an amazing initiative. And it was the kind of thinking that uh, Alicia Glenn was doing, right? How do we use government to help uh, fight inequity mm-hmm. in New York City, to help level the playing field for women to advance in their careers and businesses? Um, I can talk a little bit later about some of the initiatives that we launched since then, but I was fascinated by this. And... This is all happening at the breakfast. Yeah, yeah. like this is amazing. <laughs> I want to do this. And then when I heard a few weeks later that they were looking for a new executive director, mm. I jumped at it. I said, I have to do that. That's amazing. Um, and that worked out well because there was a leadership change at Lifetime. And the project that I was hired to work on was suspended by the new CEO. And ultimately, I needed a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about that for a minute because I... It was hard. You know, I hadn't secured the women.myc job yet. I was still interviewing and I was looking at some other things. I really wanted that job. But there was a short period between when one role ended and when I was hired for the next one. And it was about three months, which is pretty short as these things go. Um, But it wasn't easy, personally. Uh, I've always said that I wanted to be in business for myself by the time I was 50. And I saw how much just discrimination exists in the workforce and how much ageism, I mean, it's real. You know and I know that that it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that. 
that I hadn't launched the business that I said I was going to launch to be in business by myself and be impervious to the corporate whims by the time I was 50. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that situation gave me a lot of empathy for people who are, who are struggling and trying to find their footing. And um, I guess what I learned through that process, I mean, it was relatively brief for me, but is that there's something great around the corner Mm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it may not be a straight line and it may not happen immediately, but I, I remember talking to somebody about it and I, um, she told me that and I didn't believe her. She's like, you're going to find something great. I just couldn't see it. I didn't know what it looked like. And so I just wanted to put that out there that it's hard and I, and I see it. And a yeah. lot of, you know, the pivot workshop that we do at women.nyc, which is to some extent inspired my experience by my experience, uh, talks about that. Mm-hmm. And it's such a reality. And especially with our relauncher community, the relaunch process can stretch, you know, a, a year or longer. And the emotional resilience that, that you have to have during that time is considerable. And it is really hard. So I, it's important to uh, bring it up and talk about it. Okay, let me let me ask you, we were talking initially about language that you have to have to translate what your transferable skills are to this brand new context. And I wanted to know if you can give us an example of how you did that yourself when you were presenting yourself or uh, in the interviews, maybe with women.nyc or whoever else you were speaking with. So I, in this particular instance, I was not an obvious candidate, right? In style, lifetime television, Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, I was afraid they would see that and not think of me because people in this realm tend to come from um, public service, from um, elected officials offices, from uh, and some people have MBAs. Some people have master degrees in public planning, um, public administration and so forth. And one thing is I'd been around a while, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was 50 years old and I'd done a lot of things. And I looked at, took everything I'd done and I packaged it up to align with the demands of the job. So I started out in my career in New York City journalism. I knew a lot of reporters. I knew the ropes of journalism. I understood uh, how the press works. And that was a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a website called Brooklyn. And um, through Brooklyn, we launched a series of successful uh, bar passports, right? We had this product called uh, the Brooklyn Beer Book, and it was 30 beers at 30 bars for $30. Oh, that's great. You know, and it's like, I would never imagine that that would be my ticket to a government job. (laughs) But it turns out that, you know, a lot of, we have work in entrepreneurship. So I was able to say, I had a small business in New York City, and I wish I had WeNYC, which is our entrepreneurship program, to turn to at that time because I might not have sold it. Mm. I didn't have the network that I needed to support my own business. I had a background in digital media, and Women.NYC has a web portal, and I think that having had a background in women's empowerment and, uh, you know, the partnership with Michelle Obama's office 
was appealing. And we had a great video of that project that I showed. Mm-hmm. And so it's anything but a straight line. But I mapped out how I had everything that they needed for the success in this um, role. And well, I remember during one interview, somebody said, well, I think we need a really strong policy person in this job. And I said, this building is full of really strong policy people. <laughs> you don't have anyone with these skills. And I think that that was um, persuasive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told the story uh, that connected my story, my background to this effort in a way that I guess was persuasive. Uh, and I think it was, the point is it wouldn't have been obvious necessarily, mm-hmm. right? It would not necessarily have been obvious to somebody right. hiring me, but I, I made them. And another thing I wanted to say was that, you know, I worked my personal networks too. Um, somebody who worked at EDC was a parent uh, on whose son was on the same football team mm-hmm. as my son, same flag football team. A dad whose son was on the baseball team knew somebody at EDC. Uh, a guy who was uh, my first editor at Brooklyn had migrated to EDC. So I also worked my personal channels uh, just to put in a good word for me. And I wanted to say how important that is, right? If you've been out of the workforce and you uh, don't feel like you, you may feel like you don't have a network, right? Because you haven't been networking with people in a professional setting the way you would want to be for a year or two or four or five or six. You have a network. Everybody has a network, whether it's mm-hmm. you know the, folk, the, the families who live on your block or in your building, or go to your church, or your synagogue, or your mosque, or uh, parents at school, or parents at sports teams. Communicating your goals to all of those people in casual conversation is a really important ingredient in a career pivot. Yes. I, so there's so many things you're saying right now that I just want to call out and underscore with our audience. So that's one we say... Go public with your job search. Tell everyone you know about your interest in returning to work. And the more specific you can be, the better. But I love how you're calling out uh, like parents of uh, kids on sports teams uh, because uh, many of our relaunchers in our community are parents and have taken a childcare career break. And that population is probably one that doubts its network, um, its current network the most. Uh, so, uh, it's great to hear that this actual example of how other parents on the sports teams were part of the network that were, that was critical to you moving forward, uh, in getting, getting this new job at, at uh, EDC. And I guess the other thing is how you talked about the mapping, the mapping out of the, uh, your prior experiences and how you're going to tell that story. I can almost like picture you visually, like writing it out, you know, in different categories and, and and connecting them and then thinking about that language to bring it all together. 
That's super important. And I, I just want to highlight that for relaunchers because you can do that with volunteer experience as well as paid experience. And it can be done over the course of a very long career path, like uh, Faye's illustrating with all of her prior jobs. I have one friend who uh, was volunteering at her kid's school over the, her, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly a career break. It was a sort of simmer, a career simmer. She was freelance writing and she just got a job as a parent coordinator at school. Mm -hmm. uh, I had another friend who was volunteering as the co-president of uh, the Cortelli Road Merchants Association, which is the association of small businesses on Cortelli Road. And she was very successful in that work. And she was able to leverage that into a full-time job at the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce Volunteer work really matters. Mm -hmm. Showing up, stepping up. Um, there are a lot of organizations that are completely powered by volunteers. Absolutely. And it's a great way to, 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 to check out new skills and also to showcase the ones you have and to make a difference. So I want to get back to some of the tactical steps here. And I'm trying, you know, putting yourself in the place of a relauncher who's been on career break, who is thinking they want to make some sort of career pivot to a new area, are there certain questions they need to ask themselves if they're trying to decide between like one pathway or another? Um, is there a way to sort of test out which one is the one that at least maybe they should start pursuing? Uh, how do you guide people in that process? And those are great questions, Carol. It really starts with self-reflection. Uh, somebody asked me to do a workshop on career pivots through women.nyc. And so I was forced <laughs> to ask myself these questions and to do some research and to figure out, you know, what are the keys to a successful career pivot outside, you know, my own circumstance? Um, what does it take to do this successfully? And so we still offer the workshop, by the way. I'm going to plug it for a second and say mm -hmm. that if folks are interested in the career pivot workshop, we don't offer them all the time, but we do offer them through women.nyc. And so if you want to be apprised of an upcoming session, they're free and they're on Zoom. Uh, please subscribe to the women.nyc newsletter and you won't miss them. Um, and you'll do that by just going on the website. So uh, a little preview of what you would experience at that pivot workshop is we start by asking why. Are you, why are you doing this? Are you pivoting away from something? Are you pivoting towards something? Is it because you're bored? Because you're um, not inspired anymore? Because you've been out of the workforce for a variety of reasons? You know, first do an inventory of what's driving the decision. Uh -huh. And then ask yourself three questions. What do you like to do? What are you good at and what are you interested in learning? Good questions. And I advise having a journal, mm -hmm. right? Uh, keep, mm -hmm. keep track. This is your new job. Your career pivot is a job. Treat it like a job and spend time yeah. on it every day. That's not only to give it shape and project management, but also mentally to feel like you have specific steps every day is really important if you're between jobs to make sure you're moving forward, you got to move forward always mm -hmm. in, in um, whatever direction you decide. 
So spend some time mapping out things you like to do, things you're good at, and things you're interested in. And certainly you can ask other people what you're good at. Right? It's sometimes it's hard for us to tell our own stories, and it's, sometimes it's hard for us to identify our own skills, but it's really interesting to hear other people say what they think we're good at. And uh, it's not always the same thing that you would say. And then I say, what do you not like to do? What do you not get at? And what are you not interested in? Mm. And I think that it's important to keep in mind growing careers and in emerging industries and ex- expanding industries, which is sort of the other half of my job, which is the initiatives portfolio at EDC. Right? We, we look at um, ways to foster equitable growth in emerging and expanding industries in New York City. Uh, and you know, if someone said to me, where are the jobs? I would say life sciences, offshore wind, um, sustainability, Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously tech, cybersecurity, you know, these are all fields where there is growing opportunity in New York City. But it has to connect to you somehow. You can't only pursue a job because a field is growing. It has to be something that you connect with. Um, and other, there's more questions, right? Once you sort of have this list of what you're good at and you want to do and you're interested in and what you definitely don't want to do. I love how you look at both, not only what you want to do in your interest, but what you don't want to do. You don't often hear that. That's a really good uh, extra question to answer for yourself, to give yourself some perspective on what you, as you're saying, should pivot away from or toward. And I love that. I also love that concept. Are you pivoting away or are you pivoting towards something and what's driving it. So really great questions and a great way to look at it. So yeah, what are some of the, some of the other questions? What matters to you in life? What kinds of books do you read in your free time? Uh, do you want to have an impact on others through your work? How so? Is it important to you to live out your values at work? Do you want to teach, help people, provide healthcare, or are you content to work in a field that doesn't necessarily make your heart sing and you do those things on the side? Um, What are your non-negotiables? And then, you know, now I feel like there's a lot of conversation about work style. Mm -hmm. Do you want to work remotely? Do you want to work in person? I would add to that, do you like working at a desk? Do you... Do you prefer a busy office or are you comfortable working on your own? Do you want to work with your hands? Do you like to be on your feet? Are you, are you the boss? Do you want to be a boss? Or are you more comfortable support? Well, like all of these questions, right, are relevant. And then I think really money, right? <laughs> How much do you need to earn immediately? Yes. How much do you want to earn long term? Are you able to weather unpredictable pay or do you need consistency? Are you able to start lower to build back up or do you need to earn your current salary? Well, that's not relevant necessarily to a pivoter, but you know, the worst thing to happen would be to put all this effort into planning a career pivot and find out it's not sustainable financially. Exactly. Um, so you're going to, it sounds like you're asking yourself a lot of questions at the same time. And by, and then in answering those questions, 
you're gradually like narrowing down exactly the, the kinds of things you want to do. And then you have to think about how that might translate into different types of jobs or how you would tell the story about how that translates? Well, I think it's to give you a sense of um, the realm of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the other piece of this is really conversations. You know, who are the people that you know who are similar to you and your strengths and your preferences and your abilities and what are they doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that I was talking about when I first got to EDC was we had a lot of conversations about cybersecurity. That was a growing field. And I was like, what are what are all my, you know, English major friends from the magazine world going to do in cybersecurity? And they said that one of the most important roles in cybersecurity is communication because uh, it's not necessarily obvious how to protect yourself on the internet mm. and translating these processes so that civilians can understand them is really important. And that's true in all of tech. You know, I'm not sure all of my in-style friends would love cybersecurity um, if they lead with fashion and style in that whole realm, but some of them might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's, there are communication roles in tech. I would say that uh, don't necessarily judge the whole industry by what you assume to be the the main product. For instance, um, offshore wind is growing in New York City. And so there may be roles uh, in research and development and building turbines and factories and um, working on the turbines themselves that could be of interest. Um, or it could be a communication role or a graphic design role, or, you know, if you're, if you're really interested, deeply interested in um, sustainability and green energy, there may be a way to fit what you're good at with an industry that entices you. You know, when you're describing this process, Faye, it sounds like it could take a really long time. Can you talk a little bit about the time frame, and do some people go through this process really fast and then they figure it out and they get hired and other people it takes years or what does that look like? I think it's hard to generalize, but I think it takes as much time as you have. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. need a job next month, you're going to have to accelerate it. But I would say that, you know, it's a good, it's a good hiring market. So it probably takes less now than it did um, two years ago, ironically. Yeah. Although, Sometimes we say, sometimes you have to take that less than perfect job to pay the bills while you're strategizing for the next one. That could be like the true pivot, but I, I could see that uh, applying here. Um, what about credentialing or coursework? Is there, have you ever seen people use that as a way to signal to an employer or to just make a jump into a new field? Absolutely. It really depends on what field you're in. I think that my my advice is always just keep moving forward right when you're when you're in a career break use that time proactively to get take classes volunteer um, perhaps get a credential i mean there's so many classes online um linkedin learning looks at the most in-demand skills 
and has all these online modules where the, you can learn them online mm-hmm. and oh, um, get a certificate and your LinkedIn profile for mm-hmm. having completed them. Hmm. And there's so many ways to dabble in a variety of fields online from LinkedIn Learning, there's Coursera, um, and there are also meetups. You know, there are organizations. If you go on meetup.com, you won't believe the different professional groups and associations that you can find at any given time. And what's amazing is that a lot of them are online now, right? That's one of the virtues of I think we're a lot of us are having Zoom fatigue right now, but one of the virtues as a job hunter is that the world is at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So whether it's meetups or online classes or different webinars, everything is a lot more accessible now. And I don't see that going away either. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Faye, this conversation just flew by and we're running out of time now. So I wanted to wrap up by asking you a couple of questions. First of all, can you, you started to tell people how they can uh, get on the mailing list and find out uh, more about women.nyc. Can you just give us a, a brief synopsis of your dual roles and anything else that you want our audience to know about the work that you're doing? Uh, Women.NYC is an initiative designed to help women succeed in their businesses and careers through an array of programs and partnerships. In addition to the pivoting workshops that we offer, we also have a new Venture 50 Plus, which is an entrepreneurial boot camp aimed at women 50 plus. And we haven't talked about that, but that's also a really promising avenue for a lot of people, not just women. I know that everyone in your audience isn't a woman, but um, entrepreneurship uh, studies show that folks who are further along in their careers are often far more successful entrepreneurs than the ones who are wearing the hoodies and just starting out that we're so familiar with from the media. Um, And so we also have a program that we're working on that will connect job seekers with professionals in New York City in a variety of industries for career conversations. And if folks want to subscribe to the women.nyc mailing list, they will find out about that when it launches. And we're really exciting, excited about that. Yeah, super exciting. And uh, we also have a, an initiative called the Child Care Innovation Lab, where we are looking at ways for the public and private sector to innovate around making childcare more accessible and affordable in New York City. Mm, very so timely. More people have to take career breaks mm-hmm. to raise their families. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very ambitious and and so needed right now. So we'll be following that also. And if I if I might talk about the uh, initiatives role yes. for a moment. I love that title, by the way. <laughs> Initiatives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a broad portfolio, so I think it's fairly apt. This is where we pursue projects that foster equitable growth in emerging and expanding industries in New York City. So we look at opportunities to create jobs and opportunity for folks throughout New York City 
to access those jobs through training, through MWBE technical supports to make sure that diverse firms have access to uh, growth in those industries and the ability to compete. And uh, MWBE is minority and women-owned business enterprise. We have projects across industries, including life sciences, offshore wind, tech, manufacturing, sustainability, the circular economy, and more. And we are always looking at ways to expand opportunity to the most possible number of New Yorkers so that these opportunities that come our way are, are distributed equitably. Wow. You must be really busy. That's, you're doing two very full roles there. And thank you so much for telling us about them. Um, Faye, I want to uh, end by asking you the question we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Keep moving forward. Don't go back. I've seen a lot of people who are maybe have lost their footing a bit or are re-evaluating their careers, go try to go back to what they did the last time they felt successful and comfortable in their careers, which maybe it was 10 years ago, and maybe you're really good at that. But guess what? There's a whole bunch of new people competing with you doing that thing that you did 10 years ago, even if you were really good at. How do you leverage it to the next thing? And I also want to say that uh, we haven't really talked about this, but I feel that while ageism in the workforce is real, that there's also opportunity for mature people, people who have a few years under their belt, um, that there are many circumstances where the perspective and the maturity that you gain over a long career in the workforce is valued. And rather than perhaps trying to shoehorn yourself into um, a role where there's a lot of age bias, find an organization in a sector that will value your experience and your, the, the wealth of knowledge and perspective that, uh, uh, a worker midlife and beyond brings to the table. I'm so glad you touched on that. Uh, that is relevant to many people in our community. And we regularly see people in their 40s, 50s, 60s relaunch their careers after taking uh, career breaks. And we see companies actively engaging with them. So yes, I agree, ageism is out there. Uh, but to hear the way you talk about it in terms of looking at it for in terms of opportunity is is very powerful. So thank you for ending on that note. And Faye, thank you so much for joining us. Carol, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. And best of luck with your iRelaunch endeavors. Thank you so much. 
And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.